All right, so um, I guess I should probably start this off with a disclaimer. Um, it's going to be a lot of personal opinions in here that may be controversial. Controversial, rather, if I can speak English properly. Um, they may not be controversial either way. Um, all these players are good. That's why they're in the league. Um, if I end up hating on your favorite player, sorry, not sorry. It's my viewpoint, my point of view. That's what this whole thing is about. So we're going to get this started off. The first one is DeAndre Ayton, Andre Jarman, and Nikola Vucevic. Now, I'm going to be honest. Um, I was not watching a lot of Suns, Pistons, or Orlando Magic Basketball this season. Uh, but off the top of my head, I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm gonna start drumming. I'm going to bench Ayton, and uh, Vucevic gets a snip. Um, Vujovic is good You know, he gets your points down low He rebounds um, Andre Drum- Drummond can do the same thing Not as well, not as efficiently Definitely can't shoot from the outside But that's kind of what you have Aiden for He's young, he's developing And uh, Aiden and, and Drummond can both play defense So I feel like uh, You have Drummond as that defensive and rebounder anchor in your starting unit And you have a nice solid big off the bench And DeAndre Aiden who can uh, grow and mature into a starting center one day. That's my take on that one. Okay. So that's the first one. Uh, the next one we have here is Chris Paul, D. Russell, and uh, D. Rose. Um, this is not in their prime. This is the current. So with the current, I would say, well, it depends because I'm a Chris Paul homer. Um, I've always been a fan of Chris Paul. He is my second favorite point guard behind Rajon Rondo. But this dude has like a crazy $40 million contract and like 17 points per game is, or whatever he's averaging is not cutting it for me. So with that, I actually think I am going to cut Chris Paul. I'll have uh, D Rose as my as my starter and i have russell come off the bench and be my sixth man for like a uh, rose is more experienced he can come in and kind of manage the game um and he can play off the other stars on the team whereas russell i can have run him as my sixth man i can put him next to rose at the two guard position and uh he'll get
give me more uh, buckets off the bench where I feel like I probably need it more. Moving on, we have Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, and Kemba Walker. Um, Kemba Walker is the starting point guard for my favorite team, the Boston Celtics. Ah, this one's actually pretty tough. Um, I love Devin Booker too. He's also one of my favorite players, even though he dropped 70 on us some years ago. So if I'm doing this, I'm doing this correctly, I would probably start Jimmy Butler. Simply because he is the most well-rounded out of all three of these. He can give you the defense. He's all types of clutch. He can uh, he can score. Doesn't shoot the ball as well as these two. And uh, he's a great. He has been a great leader down there in Miami this year. I feel like he can uh, he can facilitate facilitate the ball as well. So I'll, I'll start him. I'm I'm gonna bench Booker because Booker is just a walking bucket. And then I'm, I'm sorry, Kemba, but you gotta go. Defense just strictly is not good enough. Next, we got the battle of the big men. We got Cat. We got uh, Rudy Gobert, coronavirus alert. And we got Chris uh, Tops Porzingis. This is another tough one because Kristaps had a down year this year. Um, Rudy Gobert had a down year this year. Also, uh, Hope Cat and his family is doing well. Saying that his mother passed uh, through the coronavirus the other day. Um, but I ain't want to start Cat. He is the most versatile here. His defense isn't really there, but I feel as though the offense he gives you and the the rebound he gives you is kind of irreplaceable. And I mean, if we have a healthy Kristaps Porzingis, then I guess he gives you all three. But I know KP has never really been aggressive enough for me. And then when he was aggressive enough for me, it was only for like a month or two, and then like he calmed down after that, and the ball just wouldn't go into the bucket. It's, uh, not consistent enough for me. So uh, give me Cat to start, and give me Gobert off the bench because Gobert is one of my favorite centers. Um, I'm not always the biggest believer that your that your uh, center has to score, um, but he can get those offensive rebounds, those key pivotal points in the game, and he can also anchor your defense. Next up, we have. Ben Simmons, Trey Young, and Sean Morant. Um, this was actually pretty simple. I'm going to go ahead and start Trey. Uh, nah. He can't play a look of defense, but what he gives me on the offensive end of the floor, I just can't replace that from his playmaking all the way to his, uh, his three-point shooting. Like, literally the next... It, it, I don't want to say the next Steph Curry, but uh, he takes those Steph Curry, James Harden, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic itch type shots um, with the step backs and everything. The net is very flashy player, so I'm going to go ahead and start him. And then, as much as I don't like, and you're hearing me say it here first, I don't like Ben Simmons. I can't deny that he is a great talent, so I will bring him off the bench simply because he is a 6'10", 240-pound point guard, which means that I can literally play him at pretty much every position, especially coming off the bench. Because a lot of people like to go with the small ball bench. So I can put him in any position. I can play him one through five. And I feel like off the bench, Ben Simmons, especially like in the playoffs where he can guard any position, I feel like that'll be coming real, real handy. Um, and then I can just have other players um, on the bench with him that can all shoot so that he doesn't mess up my spacing. And I feel like that makes that pretty simple. Um, 
Moving on to the next one, this is probably be the last of the start bench cuts. We have uh, Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, and C.J. McCollum. So depending on how I want to look at this, because C.J. has been here the longest, he has the most playoff experience. Eh, no, well, J.T. has the most playoff experience. He's been here the longest, he's done the most things. Uh, he is getting older. This season, he was injured a lot, and from what I've seen, he's had a lot of inconsistencies. But he did give us like a solid three or four year run. De'Aaron Fox is uh, progressing into his own. Um, he was also injured a lot this season. And I mean, he was turning up right before the season ended. Um, so the, the clear answer here is that we're starting Jason Tatum. Uh, even without the favoritism, we're starting Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is a great shooter. He can get to the realm. He has a handle. He can facilitate. He can defend. He can defend like crazy. I was watching some of his highlights uh, the other day, and the dude defends like crazy, especially this season. Like, blocking all five positions. Tip passes galore. He's definitely the starter here. Um, a lot of people were saying he was the best player on the Boston Celtics this season. I can't really disagree with you, even though if I had to pick, I would probably pick Kemba from a leadership standpoint. And uh, if I had to pick due to a favorite standpoint, my favorite player on that team is actually Jalen Brown and then Jason Tatum. But, uh, yeah, so we're starting Tatum. And I'm probably going to go with De'Aaron Fox off the bench. I feel like we don't really know what his ceiling is yet. He has a lot of value, so if I had to trade him, I could. Whereas CJ, we kind of know what he is. And he's not really getting too much better than that. He doesn't have the defensive upside that Fox does. Um, And then, you know, with De'Aaron Fox being at the point guard, if I did put him on the bench for now, who knows? Maybe next season he could progress into the starting point guard. So that's it for start bench cut. And now we're going to move on to the meat and potatoes. If, yo, English is hard. Like English is hard. We're gonna move into the meat and potatoes of this uh this episode here, which is this post the last four sorry, the last thirty years, the four most influential uh, players in the NBA. And here's probably where I'm gonna make a lot of people mad. So they have MJ up here, they have Kobe up here, they have LeBron up here, and they have uh Stephen Curry up here. Stephen Curry did not be uh, is up here He literally changed the way the basketball was played Making the three more pre- prevalent than the two um, You could probably also give a lot of that credit to Mike D'Antoni uh, With this system Threes over twos And then if you get a two Make sure it's an easy two But uh, kind of pushing out that mid-range shot I think that Jordan definitely uh, deserves to be up here for the simple fact that he took it from being a big man's game. Like in his time when he was coming around, it was a big man's game. God wasn't really doing that that much. The stars were the centers, the power forwards, um, banging in the paint post game. And he kind of took it from that and said, hey, I can lead the league in points. I could be the best on defense. I can literally be the best player in the league. At a six foot six, 195 pounds, I think he was, from that two guard position. And he literally led a dynasty through the 90s. So I think he deserves to be on this list. Uh, 
Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. If anything, I would say he was more influential off the court. Uh, or not necessarily off the court, but he was more influential with his practice. He was more influ- influential with his mentality, with the way that he broke down tape. Um, as far as his game, his game was the closest thing to Michael Jordan that we would ever see. Um, almost a, a direct replica. I don't think he necessarily changed anything about the game, but more so how people prepared for the game. And then we're going to come to LeBron James. I want to say that I am not a fan of LeBron James uh, strictly because he spent like a decade knocking my my Boston Celtics out of the playoffs. Um, But he is a great talent. He is a great player. I don't think LeBron James deserves to be on this list. I think instead of LeBron James being on this list, it should be a either James Harden or a, a Giannis Antetokounmpo. For the strict reason that, I mean, what has he really changed about the game? Now he's inspired a lot of people and he made the, the point forward style more prevalent in today's game. Yes. But he wasn't like the first one. He wasn't the blueprint for it. You had the Chris Webbers uh, before him, who's like the first person that comes to my mind of like a of, of a point forward. So I, I don't really think he's had that much of an impact on the game. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to, like, he expanded on it for sure. But sorry, I shouldn't say impact. I should say influence. I don't think he had much of an influence of a game on the game. He expanded on it. That's that's definitely for sure. But where is his influence? I mean, the guy six eight two fifty. He uh, jump out the gym. He drives the lane. When he drives the lane, nobody can stop him. Uh, it's more of a. I don't want to say more of a bruising style. Yeah, I can't say more of a bruising style because I mean MJ did that. MJ took the ball from the perimeter into the paint and destroyed the game. Um, now he has improved on the ability to step back and hit a three, which is something. But you've had players who could do that before, um, even from the from the forward position, such as a Chris Bosh or such as a Grant Hill. Like you, you've had that before. Um, he may have influenced it on on how players take care of their bodies. But I can't really say that's like a direct impact on the game itself. Whereas James Harden kind of, I mean, you had players before him who, who brought that street ball style in, but nobody bought it in the way that James Harden did uh, from, from his handle to a step back three, um, being six, five two thirty, and being able to play the, the one through actually you could probably say the one through four now because a lot of a lot of teams go with that small small ball lineup being six five two thirty dudes all types of strong he isn't the greatest on defense but i mean the brother can shoot he can knock it down he can shake you and knock it down and we'd seen that before but we hadn't seen it in the way that he did it before and you can make the 
you can make the same argument that nobody's done the game the, uh, the way that LeBron has done it before. But I mean, honestly, they have. His post game is just about the same post game as a uh, the same post game as Kobe and um and and uh, and MJ. Just about the same from his post feed. Um, other than that, he has the post spin that's been done before. Shaq's done it. A whole bunch of bigs have done that. And then from there, I mean, what driving the lane, getting to the rim. MJ did that before him. His shot, I mean, his shot's never been extraordinary. It's a standard shot. And then he's never, he didn't have like the the mopper mentality to where he would literally take over every single game. Not saying that Kobe took over every single game that he played, but if he had to, he would have. And that's not. It's definitely not LeBron. LeBron's more passive from that forward position, which, I mean, he might have been the most pass-heavy person we've seen from the forward position. But you had forwards out there making plays before. Like, you had Chris Webber out there running the floor and making passes. You had Tim Duncan making passes from the post. I mean, I guess in terms of fast break, you could say that he influenced the game, maybe? But... I feel like that could have came along with anybody. Whereas with a with a James Harden, I don't think the way that he influenced the game with his step back threes, his side step threes, um, even the Euro step, which was made more prevalent in the league by Mono Ginobili, James Harden kind of expounded on that as well. And then even the way he draws fouls, which I mean, I absolutely hate watching, but I mean, it's true and it works. So can't hate on him too much for that But all of that I think would add up a lot more Than the way that LeBron has influenced the league And then even with the With the Giannis Antetokounmpo I mean I don't want to I don't want to take away too much credit here But I also don't want to give too much credit here Because we got to understand Dude is like 6'11", 242 yeah, I remember he came into the league a while ago. When he came in, he was not ready. He was not good. He worked and grinded his way up, and he is literally, or actually, I don't know if he has influence to change anything. I think it's just the fact that he's so dominant. Because with the way his body is, and he's doing like euro steps from the from the three point line and getting to the cup. So I don't think we've seen the uh, extent. Of his influence But I can definitely feel it coming I feel like 5-10 years from now You'll see a lot more 6-10, foot guys Doing things like that And then you have like Jokic Who is literally And I mean Cat too Cat's like a 7 foot point guard But Jokic is literally a better passer Than probably half of the point guards In the league And I think we can all agree on that It and he's doing this from the center position at seven feet. Like the influence isn't there yet, but that influence is definitely coming. And I mean, not to hate on LeBron, but I think that'll change the game more than the way he did his fast breaks. Like a fast break is a fast break. Whether you launch the ball from one end of the court to the other on a fast break or whether you actually have to dribble it up 
and uh, and and like run, get into a set or dribble it up with a three on two as opposed to launching it immediately after the rebound or taking it coast from co- uh, from coast to coast. I, I think uh, with Jokic and uh, Harden for sure influence the game on will be out. Uh, it's a lot more than with LeBron influenced the game on itself. Um, but that's pretty much all I got on it. Love to hear y'all take on it. Um, if you wanna hit me up, you guys can do that via Instagram or through uh, my email. If you ever wanna like be a part of one of these, maybe we'll bring you in on one. Um, I'll let you know, I know as I figure more of that out. But you can hit me up on my email. Um, that's viewpoint at outlook.com. V V H U P O I N T at outlook.com. And then we also have my Instagram channel. Uh, and so why do I keep saying Instagram channel? <laughs> my Instagram page, um, which is strictly viewpoint V V H U P O I N T. Um, so we can chat it up on there, you know, have good, wholesome conversations. Like I said in the beginning, not here to argue with y'all. Just want to hear y'all point of view. Um, I'm Tone Detagonist. I want to give a quick shout out before I go to um, Styling Free. That is a, a label and collective that I'm a part of. So shout out to all the guys over there for supporting me. And I also want to give a shout out to, to Anchor, which is uh, what I'm posting this on. If you guys don't know what Anchor is, Anchor is a distribution platform of sorts. You can sign up completely for free. You can record podcasts on there, and it'll distribute it out to uh, it'll distribute it on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, things of that sort. It's actually it's free to use. Sound completely lit. You can record right there on the application from your laptop, from your phone, or wherever you may be, tablet. Have you got to get it done? And uh, you you can actually get paid for this. Um, so that's that's real real dope. Um, but until next time folks, I'm Tone Detagonist and uh thanks for listening to my point of view.